This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Rising global temperatures will make it necessary for around 75% of the world to come up with a way to cool their homes and businesses. While the number of air conditioners are expected to increase sharply in the coming decades, a group of Penn students are offering a unique solution for the problem, which will also help areas where there is high humidity. The students took part in a recent startup showcase hosted by Penn Wharton Entrepreneurship. The winning team, Team Air Aid, comprised of both Wharton Business and Penn Engineering undergrads, received a $30,000 prize to help bring their idea into reality. Ashwin Kinchin, Connor Sendall, and Jan Fitzer are three of the students involved in the project, and they join me here in studio to discuss their ideas. Guys, good to meet you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. I guess, Connor, let's start with the the genesis of this idea and where it really started from. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I think Ashwin might want to speak a little bit to this later, but uh, basically... Um, from a, a business perspective, it all sort of started with identifying this problem of cooling around the world. Um, as engineers, we really were thinking about it from a, a engineering perspective. So yeah. we saw this problem and looked at a bunch of different ways to possibly solve it. Um, ended up going really well from an engineering perspective, and the and the business kind of followed suit. Yeah, so for me, it was sort of a personal uh, motivation. So I've spent a lot of my life visiting back and forth between the U.S. and India. And I started to realize that here in the U.S., where it's much cooler, I actually had much more comfortable temperatures in my home, nice air conditioners, turn it on blast in the summertime and kind of forget about it. When I go to India, it was a bit of a shock being in that heat and having to be comfortable in that. But over time, I've seen more and more air conditioners come into being, and that mm-hmm. was the genesis of an idea for our senior design project here at Penn Engineering. And we took that concept, and we did a lot of research on this problem and realized that if air conditioners continue to be the same efficiencies as they are today, mm-hmm. you're looking at a half degree Celsius increase in global temperatures caused by air conditioners alone by 2100, sort of an unacceptable risk to well, the climate. And, and it's a component I don't think many people even discuss, really. Exactly. Um, you know, everyone's familiar with the if um, the environmental impact of your car, yeah. but, you know, do you really think about how much your air conditioner is causing beyond it being a chunk of change you're spending once a month on your electricity bill? So then you come together with this idea, and and what is it that you hope that you'll be able to do in thinking about it more specifically for your homeland? I'm at throw it to Jan, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically, in the beginning, like they mentioned, this was a senior design project, um, and so we were really just trying to see if we can make something work at all. Um, so we took a, a project that had a pretty big risk. So basically right now... Um, all ACs, almost all ACs use the vapor compression cycle. Yeah. Um, and so it uses a lot of harmful chemicals um, that have a, a very large global warming potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to, to revisit air conditioning as a whole and completely eliminate any chemicals. Um, and so that was inherently pretty risky. So we weren't sure if we were going to be able to succeed in that. Um, so we looked at a bunch of different technologies that were out there. Um, read a lot of research papers, spent about three weeks just digging through the literature to see what are the alternatives. Um, we settled on membrane dehumidification and evaporative cooling, so but, it gets a little technical there. But, I was going to say, we'll have you explain yeah. that in just a yeah. second. Okay. <laughs> um, but essentially, we, we just wanted to see if we were able 
to make anything work at all. Um, so we took a pretty big risk, I'd say. Connor? Yeah, so then sort of taking that and applying it to the, the longer on impact. Um, so you did mention at sort of the top of the segment, we do expect this massive growth in air conditioners, but to put a little bit more context on that, um, in the next 30 years in India, we're expecting over a billion new air conditioners, um, which is a crazy number, but it's it's really a result of a number of factors. So you look at climate change, first of all, as necessitating the air conditioning. You look at the rising incomes in developing countries, specifically mm-hmm. in India. So you have these, these 55 million Indians every year entering the middle class. These are new people who look at air conditioners as key to their quality of life, especially given this climate change. And then you look at things like urbanization, government initiatives, there's just all these factors kind of compounding to that big number. And if those 1 billion air conditioners are as inefficient as air conditioners today, uh, as Ashwin kind of mentioned, it would really be impossible to stay under the two degrees Celsius threshold of global warming. That's really bad news. But the uh, the other interesting thing, and, and we talked about this on the show a few weeks back, is that there is an ongoing push in India to make sure that all parts of the country have electricity, which is obviously a component to to, to being uh, to be able to do this build-out. Yeah, so air conditioning actually is one of the drivers of needing to install more um, power stations. Basically, peak power is what limits the amount of uh, stations you need. So if you're able to decrease the amount of air conditioning required, you can drastically alter the number of power plants a country needs, which is why it's a great place to focus on energy efficiency. It's sort of a reason we've worked with power companies in India. It's a reason that people are focusing on this problem. Basically, when you get home in the evening at 5 p.m., everyone in the country turns on their air conditioner, and that's that huge power spike that you want to reduce. And that can be up to 70% of the energy used at any given time in India specifically could be literally for cooling. So hottest time of the year, everyone turns on their air conditioner. That's basically the peak electricity they'll ever use. So the government is really looking at technologies like this where they can pull that down because it reduces their costs on the power grid and reduces risk to their energy infrastructure. So that's the interesting part of this, Yanni, is that it sounds like that there's a recognition by the government that this is an important component that they have to think about for the overall scope of the country, the economy, as, as you're moving forward in the next decade yeah, or two. Absolutely. So I think some papers have worked out that just the increase in energy demand due to air conditioning alone uh, will necess- necessitate 600 new medium-sized power plants to be built in India by 2050. Um, so obviously the government has a huge interest in trying to increase the efficiency of air conditioners, maybe um, change people's behaviors towards air conditioners and so on and so forth. It's actually one of the challenges that we sort of face with air conditioning as a market and cooling and energy efficiency is the people who get the most gains from this, power companies, the government, aren't necessarily the ones who are putting up the chunk of change and buying an air conditioner. Right. So matching incentives is a real challenge. It's one of the reasons that investors sometimes aren't interested in cooling. It's why some companies have failed in this region. It's the reason we're focusing on India, because the government has identified this um, incentive mismatch as a real struggle for companies like Aerate. They're focused on bringing in new technologies to cooling, and they're trying to sort of combat that by doing things like buying in bulk so that they're pushing these efficient air conditioners into people's homes more quickly. And they're also sponsoring things like the Global Cooling Challenge, which is sort of an ongoing international endeavor to address the problems we've talked about in depth here. So let's go back now and and talk about actually the competition for a second. And and 
take the listeners through what that process is. And obviously, you are pitching this idea to a group of judges, which in the end could potentially be people that might want to be investors of your idea. Yeah, absolutely. So it is really a multi sort of stage competition. Um, there's basically, of course, a preliminary application to get in. In our case, we actually entered the competition through a different competition here at Penn, um, Pennvention. Um, and then this past week, when we were actually pitching in the competition, essentially, we gave two pitches to about uh, panels of five judges, all of which are industry experts, whether it's in VC, um, the energy industry, or generally business like professors here at Wharton. Right. Um, and then from there, our idea was selected as one of the finalists. So there were 25 semifinalists and then eight finalists. Right. And then from there, we pitched to four more industry experts, really sort of cream of the crop, VC, um, entrepreneurship advisory board members here at here at Wharton, um, and got a, a great chance to interact with them and got some really positive feedback. We're meeting with one of the judges actually later this, or sorry, early next week to, to continue to go from there. So it really did help generate um, more and more traction and leads for us. So then what are the next steps, Jan? So, um, and I'll let my colleagues here add on to this, but so one of the big next steps for us is the Global Cooling Prize, which is um, a competition sponsored by the Indian government and Richard Branson, I believe. Um, so it's kind of their equivalent of the, of the, the Gates toilet um, yeah, initiative. Right, which, yeah, yeah. Um, and so basically we'll be applying to that uh, over the summer and, and see where, where that takes us. Yeah. So basically, that takes us into deeper technology development than what we have done so far. Um, we only had about six months to generate this entire company idea and develop three prototypes of the system. So there's yeah. a lot of work to be done in terms of sort of taking our prototype and bring it up to more of a market-ready, home-ready system. And that's what we want to focus on in the next six but months. But it, it is interesting that this is realistically an open market for, for you guys in terms of this idea and, and thinking about India as well. Yeah. Um, I think the cooling market today has been relatively, I don't want to say stagnant. They've really focused on driving down costs and getting these units into people's homes because there's massive growth around the world. But the pressure on efficiency and getting it up beyond what it is today is very much so a new drive. Can you can you take this idea then at some point, and obviously you're focused on this part of it, and take it to the business side and think about the cooling issues that companies have to deal with in their in their businesses. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the cooling prize is one option for us, but obviously we'll be like working on the technology while working. Well, we're going to try to reach out with, to, to more people in India to try and get um, business development on the ground there. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll probably get into the technology a little bit more, but... Yeah. Um, one of the really cool things about what we've designed is it really is sort of scalable. Um, so sure. that was what a lot of our, our efforts were focused on this year, was taking these sort of promising research results on a very small scale and then yeah. applying them generally to an actual system that could cool a real room. Um, and we feel pretty confident that uh, the the technology we've built now could continue to be scaled along sort of the, the trend we're scaling it, yeah. which means even for, for commercial applications, for businesses, for all sorts of things, this technology can ultimately be applied. Ashwin? Yeah, I'd love to give a little explainer of what the technology is since yeah. we've been sort of bouncing around it. So basically, evaporative cooling has been used around the world for thousands of years. It's an extremely efficient cooling method. You just evaporate a small amount of water into air. It's basically a swamp cooler. If anyone's listening in the Southwest, you might have one in your home today. 
Um, unfortunately, these systems don't work well in humid environments, such as in the monsoon season in India or right here in Philadelphia today. So what we've introduced is a membrane dehumidifier. Basically, it's a new method of dehumidifying where you separate water from air using vacuum suction across a specialized material. Mm -hmm. And using that whole combination of membrane dehumidification, which is done extremely efficiently, and evaporative cooling done with this uh, dry air stream that comes out of the membrane dehumidifier, we're able to cool using a completely new process that eliminates refrigerants, is more efficient, and at the end of the day, saves money for the consumer. Well, I was going to say, from a cost perspective for for you guys and and on down the road whoever is building these products what is the cost savings just on the on that structure piece to it alone so there's definitely a cost curve economies of scale consideration um hair lg all these companies build millions of units a year yeah so right now our system would be much more expensive <laughs> yeah, on a right. cogs basis yeah but i think um if you can get it up to scale it's on a comparable price point for manufacturing and then looking at the the reduced energy use you can kind of extend that out to a savings number so yeah. just because we use um substantially less power uh over the sort of 10-year lifespan of an air conditioner which is what we expect ours to last and is sort of the industry standard mm -hmm. um we expect up to a thousand dollar savings for the user of that just on energy alone it is interesting and you are focusing on india as this but just from a personal perspective i remember a friend of mine going to the british open golf tournament last year and mentioning that there weren't and it was very hot the week that that the tournament went on and he mentioned the fact that hardly anybody had air conditioners. You're talking about, I believe it was Scotland. And obviously you wouldn't expect a lot of air conditioners in Scotland. But still, the fact that there were hardly any, India is one thing. But there are a lot more areas, I think, that people don't realize that, that could have the use for this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so India is definitely the biggest contributor um, with the, a billion air conditioners I mentioned. But globally, that number is 3.3 billion air conditioners in the next 30 years. Um, so that, that really is a truly crazy number of air conditioners, right? And those air conditioners yeah. on current trends will actually triple the amount of energy being used for cooling. Yeah. Um, so when you're looking across the world, even other places, Indonesia, China um, are huge contributors. South America is a big contributor. And further down the line, even a, a whole lot of Africa. Um, there are more and more opportunities to continue to use sustainable technology like this one to cool. Yeah, and and you mentioned businesses earlier, but uh, the, the the largest growth we actually see is residential air conditioners. Um, so people are flocking to cities in a lot of these developing countries, um, and one of their first purchases once they start having a higher income is a residential air conditioner. So right. that's really what we're focusing on right now. Um, as Connor mentioned, the the technology is fairly scalable. Um, but just achieving the scale we have today with our current technology was a, a fairly large breakthrough. Um, state of the art before that was really just much smaller membrane surface areas. Um, and so we're, we're already really happy with how far we've come on, on term, in terms of scale. Um, yeah. What's, what's this entire process been like for, for each of you? Up to this point, and obviously there's still there's still a long way to go. Yeah. But what has this experience been like? Yeah, so I I think I can speak for all of us when I say we've really enjoyed it, but it's been a lot of work. Um, yeah. So I think uh, a kind of good way to think about it is we've been working like an extra full time job on the side of <laughs> our studies here for the last six months. Um, so we've really been working hard on it. Um, the first probably four months of that were really tech only. 
Um, yeah. So because we didn't necessarily even mean for this to turn into a venture or company, um, it was a senior design project, and we just thought it would be cool to build a new super efficient air conditioner just because we think of that as engineers, right? Yeah. And then as we dug more into the market side of that and then understood that our technology did have this huge potential and it was actually working, um, the transition to the business side was really uh, a, a turning point for us and and also super exciting because we started seeing these huge numbers that I'm talking about, the right. billions of air conditioners around the world and, of course, from a business perspective, all the money that goes with it. And, and, well, and, and realistically, you're talking about a social good here here as well. And for you, Ashwan, with your, with your homeland. Yeah. Um, it's certainly a motivation to want to address the challenges that are faced sort of outside of our relatively comfortable space here in here at Penn, I think um, designing for places that aren't necessarily similar to where we are is really challenging. So yeah. having had some experience in traveling and sort of seeing the world was really beneficial. And it's something I brought back to senior design. When we were brainstorming ideas, I tried to focus on not just what my life is like here and what problems I have as a person, because to be honest, I have relatively few problems from a mechanical engineering standpoint. Yeah. Um, but focusing on what other people are experiencing in this world. And that was a huge motivation for me and I think for others on our team. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, right down that line, um, we were really looking for a project that would have a high impact. Um, so we were willing to take on some risk on whether or not we could actually um, make something successful but work on something that was really impactful. We, we, were, we were considering, you know, water harvesting uh, technologies as uh, some of our projects we were thinking of. Car seats. <laughs> Can't remember some of the other ideas we bounced around, but it was a long period of brainstorming. But as you got further into this, how much when you when you start to look at what's going on in India, how much had the Indian government already thought about this going into this process? Yeah. So the Indian government did identify this as a pretty big issue, um, even in the last. 10 years. They've sort of known that this would be a problem moving forward. Um, the big support, though, the the thing we've mentioned several times now, this Global Cooling Prize, which is their yeah. big ongoing initiative, um, actually started about a month after we had selected our project. So it was sort of out of the news for a while. We had independently identified this area as a big issue of need, um, sort of quantified our own performance metrics for a, a new, more efficient air conditioner, what that would have to look like. And then a month after that happened, we see all this news that's like a, a brand new prize launch to find a more efficient air conditioner. Right. And obviously that was very interesting to us. Started looking into it. They had essentially the same metrics we had identified for ourselves um, for a, a competition like this. And that was sort of, I guess, reassuring for us that uh, these big organizations and the Indian government also specifically said, now is the time we need more efficient air conditioning. Yeah. Um, and it also gave us, I guess, a little bit of a head start on it, given that we'd been working on it, thinking about it for a while. Um, so that was that was pretty cool to see. Ashwin? Um, honestly, I would just echo Connor on that. It was very exciting to have identified a problem and then have the whole world say, oh, I agree with you. This yeah. is a problem. We need to address it. I feel like with the environmentally focused issues you don't often see that can kind of feel like you're fighting the tide how much uh, and obviously part of this is is the interest you receive from the competition and the judges that were part of that competition but are you already starting to receive interest from people and companies within india to be able to to try and move these move these ideas forward so in some ways it can feel like almost 
too much attention, too many people really uh, <laughs> excited about us. I know I've had people call and say, well, can I install an air conditioner tomorrow? I'll hold off on buying one. It's like, well, hold on. If tomorrow is 10 years from now, sure. So yeah, there has been a lot of enthusiasm, which is uh, like very uplifting. You mean you're us. not jumping on a plane tomorrow carrying an air conditioner going over to India? You know, I don't think it'll make it past TSA, but right. I could try. <laughs> Connor? Uh, yeah, so I think the the looking at interest, especially in India, um, from early on, we did have support of an energy company in India um, that, of course, all the things we described earlier related to the, the grid, the power they're generating, this is really important to them. Right. Um, that said, within the competition, sort of moving on from that, there are even at the Wharton Startup Challenge, there were a number of experts of the Indian market, um, just, I guess kind of lucky for us that there happen to be some people who have been investing in the Indian market and right. have a lot of experience there. And we have found that those people are especially interested in trying to help move this forward. Um, and I think that one of the big reasons is the what we've been discussing. It is of critical importance of India, and, and right. they kind of see that, and that this really could impact 100 million people um, or more with a, with a product like this. But it, it is the fact that, that India is viewed as one of the most important areas of development yeah. uh, in the next half century Absolutely. at this point because of the numbers of people and because of the opportunity in a variety of different areas. Yeah, and, and I think that's important for a number of reasons. Obviously, we've hammered home the environmental impact, I think. Yeah. But I think from a business perspective, right, when investors see that market and they see something like this, they see the business potential of that. And the the only thing is, like, that business potential has to be coupled with thinking about the long-term sustainability when you're looking at the numbers of, of people and purchases actually happening in the, in the market. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I would agree with everything you said. <laughs> well, th then you mentioned 10 years is kind of the, the window that at least right now you're looking at for these units. Is there a way to be able to think beyond 10 years at this point? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, 10 years would be a very sustainable business. We're actually hopefully looking at a little bit shorter timeline, yeah. um, ideally in the market in the next two to three years. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the critical timeline. One of the first big inflection points really in, in sort of the air conditioner growth is really in the next two to three years. Right. Um, but long term, I think there is a, a huge implication for this, especially when you sort of consider the fact that right now in India, just 7% of the people own air conditioners. So when that number gets to 90%, 100%, um, if this isn't the technology you have, it's really going to be catastrophic. And so that number, that 7% number, compares to what here in the United States, just to kind of give perspective for the people that are listening to us? Um, I think, so it, it depends sort of where you're looking in the United States, but somewhere you know, south where it's hot, where you actually need air conditioning, you're looking at 90 plus percent. Yeah, I think it's 90 percent across the country. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So is that that ends up being the goal because of the because of the climate and because of some of the the issues that, that you have in India right now? Yeah. So uh, I think, again, at the top of the program, you mentioned by 2100, sort of 75 percent of the world will need air conditioning. Yeah. Um, looking at India specifically, essentially 100% of the country will be exposed to what is considered dangerous heat conditions right. um, by that time. So it's essentially everyone in India will need air conditioning or literally risk um, health concerns, even death from the extreme heat that they're experiencing. Great having you guys here. 
Good luck with the project. Good luck Thank with you your so travels much. back and forth. Uh, good luck. Thanks for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you. Ashwin Keshin, uh, Connor Sendel, Jan Fitzer, uh, all part of uh, the University of Pennsylvania and uh, the Startup Showcase hosted by Penn Wharton Entrepreneurship. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.